A good mission statement, in my opinion, is seven words or less and can be answered with a yes or no. I'm your host, Anna Malikian, and before we start, please remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone, to access all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at Mindset.Zone. And if you want to get the free chapter of my book, Mindset Zone, please go to mindset.zone forward slash book. Today, our special guest is Joss Patrick. Joss' passion in life is helping private business owners create extraordinary value with their businesses and lives. Joss is a former blogger for the New York Times and the author of two easy-to-read and powerful books, Sustainable a fable about creating a personally and economically sustainable business, and the sales-ready company. What it takes to create a business someone will want to own, even if you have no intention of selling. So welcome to the Mindset Zone, Joss. Thanks, Anna. It's great to be here. And... uh, uh, when I was in the process of applying to the B Corp certification and I decided to articulate the MVVs for my consulting company, and I was really surprised that I didn't find a core book or program about this topic of the mission, vision, and value statement, how to create that. And I always, in our previous conversations, I remember that this is something very core in the work that you do with your clients. So I contact you and we spoke about, and then we decide to do this conversation here because it's so important, I think, for uh, any individual and especially for business to have this clarity about the mission, the vision, and the value. So from this, thinking about companies of any size, in your opinion and from your perspective, why is it so important to articulate the, the mission, the vision, and the values for a business? Um, well, let's start with the what a business owner wants, at least in my experience. Yeah. Business owners want two things. They want to have an economically sustainable business, and they want to have a personally sustainable business. And this happens more often than you think. Business owners end up with a business they don't recognize because they've never clearly identified what their values are and they don't hold values true for people in their their companies. So whether you wanna have values or you don't wanna have values, you have values and you have a choice. You can articulate your own value or you can let others articulate the values for you. And my vote always is with, especially with small privately held businesses, it's about the owner. It's about what the owner wants. And values-led companies are more successful both on the personal side and the economic side than non-values-led companies. There's a ton of research that shows that. So the question becomes, how do you get the values? And I, I always start with values, by the way, before I get to mission 
envision. Yeah. Because, uh, go ahead, Anna. Uh, because, no, I, I also agree on that. But before we go there, I, because in my reflection about this, you are speaking because your most of your clients are these business owners and usually the founders and that. And sometimes I work a lot with one person businesses too, that the values, uh, we start our businesses as based on our values, even if we don't articulate them. When the company grows, if we decide to go that route, becomes even more important, in my opinion, to articulate the values because they are the people, there is a culture that we have to develop. And I will argue here for people that are listening to the podcast that even if they are not business owners, as a professional in any of career, doing this reflection about values is important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, <clears throat> I think we all should have a values-led life. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you do a values-led life, you know when to say no, which is really more important than when to say yes. You know, it's easy to say yes, it's hard to say no. And if you're comparing what somebody wants you to do in your personal life, and it doesn't fit with your personal values, why are you doing it? You know, too many of us live our life at the, at, at, um, the cause of other people telling you what they want. And because we're not clear on what's important to us, we don't know whether to say yes, no, or maybe. Yeah, yeah. So let's start there. So with that uh, base values, everybody are living for some kind of values. They can be articulated or not. And the advantage of articulating our values personally and professionally and in your businesses, how can we, what uh, are the easiest ways to make this articulation, to to have, okay, my core values are these, these, and that. Um, well, there's lots of values tools out there to give you a laundry list of potential values. And that's not a bad place to start. You know, you get these things, you know, like 50 or 100 values that are potential, and you go through and you circle them of the ones you think that, that are applicable for you. And then you cut that down and cut that down until you get down to three to five values. You go over five values, you're never going to remember what they are. Yes. So three to five is the right number. But the important thing here is to put a clarifying statement around what that value is. You know, for example, I could say to you, my, one of my values is simplification, which is one of my core values. And if I just say simplification, you in your mind are going to say, this is what simplification means for me, so it must mean it for you. Well, if I don't put a, if I put a clarifying statement around that, that's not likely to happen. For example, my clarification statement for simplification is, we, I take the complicated and make it simple. Yeah. So now you know what I mean when I say simplification. And that's in, in, in a business context, which is where I usually teach this stuff, is crucially important because if I was to do an exercise and I've done this exercise for years, let's say I put seven people around a table and I say, you all know what simplification means, right? And he said, okay, write down the first 10 words that come to your mind. And I have people compare though all the words that they have, maybe they'll get one or two in comma, but usually it's zero or one. So you know what you mean by simplification. Everyone else 
knows what they mean by simplification. But if you don't communicate what you mean, nobody else is going to want to, is going to know. And it's really important that others know so they know whether they should or they shouldn't be making recommendations to you. Love this. So let, let's just press the pause button a moment just to articulate uh, tons of things that you just said in this couple of minutes. First of all, there are several tools, many tools out there, many processes out there to arrive to a list of values that in your experience, and I agree with that, three to five is the ideal number. We have to remember them. We have to know from the top of our head. My values is learning, impact, enjoyment, and integrity. I, I don't need to go to a list uh, to go to a notes to know those. And uh, I like the other thing that you are saying is that, uh, yes, I know what I mean with those words, but I have to be able to communicate that in a succinct way to others. For me, learning is embracing a culture of curiosity and the continuous growth, the beginner's mind. And that gives a little bit more definition of what for me is learning. Yes. Yes. And it's important for others to know. So then they know whether they're recommending the right thing for you or not. There is a values tool I like a lot, and it's actually free. I don't remember what the name is called, but if you Google Dr. Kelly Crace, C-R-A-C-E, he's got a free values instrument, which is actually quite good to do. You can go through and answer his questions, and he'll come back with a, a, some clarity about what are your core values and what are not important values for you. Love it. Another, another thing I'd like to point out, which I think is really important around values, and this comes from Patrick Lencioni's book, The Advantage, which is what type of values are you talking about? And if you're interested, I'll tell you a story about why, before I learned this, I didn't do it very well. Uh, and the core value is very simply that Lencioni has is what's a core value? What's an aspirational value? What's a what's a uh, permission to play value, and what's an accidental value? In oh. the two in the two values, I think are really important. Is what's a core value and an aspirational value? Now, back in my early business days, I was not personally responsible at all. I was always blaming somebody else, or was always justifying my behavior when things went wrong. So I ended up realizing about five years in my business career, that was not a good thing to do. And that we, I needed to be personally responsible and everybody in our company needed to be personally responsible. So I announced to everybody in my company, we have a new core value, personal responsibility. Well, how do you think that was received? And not, okay, are you walking your talk kind of thing? Right, it was like, it was like are you kidding me? <laughs> so it, had I said, look, at this is an aspirational value. This is something I think is really important. And I'm going to work really hard to get there. And I need your help to point out to me when I'm not doing it. That's a whole different ballgame than saying, this is a core value. And this is what I believe. And this is what I do. A core value is something you do 99% of the time. An aspirational value is something you might do 20% of the time, 40% of the time, even 70% of the time, but it's not enough to make it a core value. So for those three to five values, you can have aspirational values and you can have core values, but you need to label them properly. 
I love that. And for me, I remember when you told me this for the first time, the differentiation between the core value and aspirational value was a light bulb that came out in my mind because yes, learning for me is like oxygen. If, um, if you tell me, okay, you cannot learn anything else in your life. I say, what is the point of being here? Honestly, that will be my, my reaction. So that is really core. Uh, creating a positive impact is also very core in everything I do, because again, why we are here for, and the, the, the commitment to walk the talk, the integrity is also something that is really essential for me. The enjoyment is more uh, in the aspirational thing because sometimes I have to I have to remind myself: Are I'm enjoying the journey? How can I enjoy it more? How can I have um, uh, more fun? It's not something I love it. I have it as a value, but it's, it's something that I I forget sometimes. So, but I want to be living it more. That is for me is important. So, so something, yeah. something that might be important there is to recognize when you're doing it, when you're not doing it. You know, I recently went to this program called Modern Elder Academy, which I thought was great. And the thing I came away with is that I realized that I use absolutes way too much, so much <laughs> that I don't even recognize I do it. So. My goal now is not to eliminate absolutes, although that's my ultimate goal. That's my aspirational goal. My goal right now is to recognize when I'm using absolutes because they do it so often that I don't. And I find that I'm catching myself at least some of the time now, which is better than I was before. Yeah. And <laughs> is that becoming aware, that awareness, that self-awareness is the one of the elements that help us to change. So, and for anybody listening, I will make sure that in the show notes, I will put the link to the free tool about how to find our values. And also the link to the Advantage book that you spoke, where there is that differentiation between core values and aspirational values. And also the Modern Elder Academy that I think is an incredible program too, by what I know of it is really inspiring. So once we have that clarity about uh, three to five values, uh, we have a, a short definition for, for them uh, and even knowing what are the core and the aspirational in that list. How do you take people, okay, wh where does the mission and vision come into play? Well, then I go to mission next. And mission is a great tool for is what you're doing right. So I'll give you two mission statements. I had, used to have a food service company. And my food service company's mission was to provide quality food service at a reasonable price. It wasn't a very complicated mission, but it was a yes or a no. Are we doing it or are we not? And a mission, a good mission statement, in my opinion, is seven words or less and can be answered with a yes or no. Now, my personal mission statement is to do interesting things with interesting people. Again, not very complicated, not something that's world shattering, can be answered with easily with a yes or no. Am I doing it? Am I not doing it? So if I'm not spending my time with interesting people doing interesting things, I know I'm not very happy. So, so I, I'm, I'm looking here to my mission that, that is more than seven words, so will not fulfill the first requirement I have. Empower purpose-driven individuals and organizations to unlock 
human potential and amplify their impact while avoiding burnout. I'm doing that, yes or no. I think I can answer with a yes or a no. I'm doing that or no, but you really like it as short as possible also to for us to be able to tell it without looking to a paper. Is that part of why seven words or less the best format? Yeah, so you can remember it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard, you know, for, for you is, you know, for, you know, what would be a mission statement? If you were to make that into a really short mission statement, what would you do? Um, I would want to work and uh, with purpose-driven people um, and organizations of the, so uh, purpose-driven individuals making a difference without burning out. Okay. Or it could be, we, mm -hmm. I help people avoid burnout avoid burnout. But as for me, it, the, what I'm realizing in my work is that, yes, it's the purpose-driven people that I love to work with, that they want to make a positive difference like myself. But right. it's, it's that dichotomy. We cannot, we have to create the, uh, the systems, the processes, the checkpoints to not burning out ourselves and the people that we work with in the process. And it's totally possible if we find through the high performance, to so many things that we know, we can make, amplify the impact that we are doing out there in the world and enjoying it more. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's what you're, I mean, that's part of a mission for you. So you really want to say, okay, uh, we help purpose-driven driven people avoid burnout, you know, yeah. something along that line. Yes. Again, that's really easy for folks to remember. And they know what you're about. I love it. And uh, so it can be something as simple as uh, empowering purpose-driven individuals, increase their impact while avoiding burnout. It's shorter than I am. A little bit, a little bit yeah. long, but I, I yes. work on that. Just, you know, it has to be something that just kind of rolls off your tongue. Mm -hmm. That's really easy to remember. Love it. You know, so like, you know, right now I help people create a personally and economically sustainable business. Mm-hmm. Am I doing it? Am I not doing it? Am I doing it just personally? Am I doing just economically? Or am I doing both, which is what we really need to do on the in the business area was? Yeah, and I even can say something. I uh, empower people to increase their impact while avoiding burnout or preventing burnout. So I have to work on that. I have to find it. Uh, uh, but I think it's so for me, having that uh, clarity, having a statement that uh, allow me to look to the initiatives that I have. And is this on the service of my mission or not? I think that is where it comes the yes or no question. That's that's really good. Are you in, are you doing something that's in service of you and others? That's a really good question to ask, I think. And that tells you whether you have a good mission or not. Mm -hmm. and, well, you, can have, you can have crummy missions it doesn't you know there's nothing says your mission is going to be a good one you can have crummy ones you know i am no people have mission says to make a lot of money and i don't judge that because i i have clients that yes they want to make a lot of money because they want to give a good future to the getting their kids in a good college give a good this the future to their families. And I think that is totally a, a, a honorable thing to do. 
I'm I'm fine with that, but it's a result. It's not a mission. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, Peter Drucker said this a long time. He said that the purpose of a business is to create a customer. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in there did Peter Drucker say the purpose of a business is to make a profit. And if you ask the majority of the private business owners in this country what the purpose of their business is, they'll tell you to make money. Mm. But that That's is result. the result. That's a result of doing good things. Yep. So, and uh, yes, that is a very important because if you put that, uh, if you don't see it as the result, you will be focusing on the wrong stuff. Right. You know, and again, you know, someone who says, look, I really want to make a lot of money for my family. Well, that's something they're going to look at as a, is that sort of a vision thing. It's more than it's not a mission. A vision is what do you want to have happen two, three, five, ten years from now? Mm -hmm. A purpose is what are you doing today? So the mission, mission is what you're doing today. So the mission is more the purpose in action. Uh, and in a business, this purpose in action, this our mission, uh, hopefully is a solution to a problem that people are looking to solve. So they are valuing it. So they are willing to pay for getting that transformation. Uh, So produce the result of creating a profitable business. But is that the purpose in action? Okay. I'm in a mission of doing this. Yes. Uh, and then the vision is that more North Star kind of thing that is there. Okay, where do I want to go with this? Yeah, the, the, the vision is about you. The mission is about your customer. Hmm. Or the mission is about others. The vision is about you. Where do you envision? Probably a better word is envision instead of just vision. Where do you envision you're going to be in the future? Now, one of my favorite questions is from Dan Sullivan from the strategic coach. And he calls it the R squared question, or he used to know what he calls it now. And the question very simply is, if we were to get together five years from now, what would have to happen for you to feel like you've been personally and professionally successful? There is a vision right there. That's a question that will help you figure out what is your vision? What has to happen between now and some point in the future for you to feel like you've been successful personally and professionally? Interesting. I like that. Uh, So that gives us a direction um, and that more dream kind of thing that we can aspire to and we can work towards. Um, Yes. And the, the mission is more the mission, the, the purpose to others, what we are doing. And then the envision is more our aspiration in many ways uh, of where we want to lead ourselves and our companies. Correct. And as you gave uh, for the values, okay, you have this favorite tool for the mission and the envision, okay, the envision you spoke, uh, you referred this question. That is a great question as a prompt for thinking. But do you have any books or tools that uh, you can um, uh, suggest for exploring this? 
Uh, I'm sure that Dan Sullivan has books on this, at the Strategic Coach mm-hmm. that talk about how to create a vision for yourself. Uh, I know I've read them in the past. I just don't remember what the book titles are. But he's he's really done a good job with that. Uh, we use a thing called the alignment conversation. I've never read, seen a book on it, but essentially is it's a sort of a modification of what Dan Sullivan stuff is, which is where are you now? Where do you want to be at some point in the future? What's the gap between those two? And if you could fill that gap and successfully go from where you are today to where you want to be in the future, what is that worth to you? Now, a lot of people, when they do this exercise with me, they say, I can't come up with a dollar amount because it's priceless. Hmm. Well, that might give you a hint. That would be something that you really should be working on. Because if the value for you is priceless to move from where you are today to where you want to be in the future, and you know what the gap is between the two, that's something you can do without anybody else. It's useful to do it with a with a moderator who can help you think through that by asking good questions. But it's still something you can do for yourself. That's how we help people figure out whether I'm the right person to work with them and whether there's enough value to pay me what my fee is. Yeah, I love and that. Then, and then after that, I go to Michael Port's really, really <laughs> simple closing question, which is, would you like some help? Yes. And yes or no. If the answer is yes, you say, would you like me to help you? Yep. And And only and only and only after that do I start talking about how we work with people. And I will add that if they are an ideal client, if they have the qualities that allow us to do our best work with them. Well, by using that process. It's pretty easy for me to figure out whether this is a client that's that I want to work with and I think I can add value to. Because if I can't add value, why should they hire me? And then it's just going to be no fun for me, no fun for them. And eventually they fire me. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. (laughs) So when you work, for instance, with a business owner, uh, you help them articulate their mission, their vision, their values. And I think the ideal is that when we can put all of these in one page and with loads of white space. So I think yes. we have to be able to summarize this in one page. If it's more than that, I think we have to narrow it down to the power of a one pager. You will agree with that? Yeah, I would actually say half a page, but yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I like short because yes. I, I I can't remember much, but if it's short, I can probably remember. And it again, goes to your core value of simplicity. Bring That's it correct. to the essence. Yes. Uh, and I think the, the big advantage in practical terms is that it's easier to keep top of mind. If it's yes. something that we have to... Uh, go to a, a, a booklet or a dossier that is in a shell, we are not using it. Um, yeah. Using Having a really succinct mission statement and a really succinct value statement is a great management tool. You know, if, if you're even a solopreneur, you're probably working with some sort of virtual assistant in some way or some assistant part-time person if you have a company even with five people you have people who do things that are not correct 
And most of the time when something's not correct, you can tie it back to one of your values as out of line and help that person get back in line with values. They don't have to believe in your values. They just have to be willing to live them while they're working for you. And that's the thing. Here's something else which I think is really important. A lot of times people say, well, I want to do my values as a group activity. It's not a group activity. It's the CEO's job to create the values. Now, let's use Apple Computer for an example. The values under Steve Jobs for Apple is significantly different than the values under Tim Cook today. The company is a different company. So Steve Jobs had this set of values he lived by. And everybody else had to follow along with his values or Mr. Jobs might yell at them very loudly, which he was known to do. Now, Tim Cook is probably a lot more gentle and he has a different set of values of what's really important to him and the company reflects that. So that's how it always is. Look at Elon Musk with Tesla, look with Larry Ellison over at Oracle. Now, all these big companies, which are huge companies, reflect the values of the CEO. Hmm. And have clarity on that is truly important. And even uh, I'll just say when we are speaking about micro businesses, that is even more relevant. Uh, and one thing that you said that I, I really want to underline, because mainly when we are working with a team, virtually contractors or staff in the payroll, is when we have these values articulated, and we go back to the beginning of our conversation here and the importance of articulating the values, then we don't have to be a personal, you, something wrong with you, is that what you did, your behavior is not in alignment with the value. What can we do to change that? So takes a lot in terms of the, the psychological dynamic, makes it much easier to deal with the situation. Yeah, it's also a great hiring tool. I mean, when you hire people, you know, there's a term I call the brilliant jerk, which <laughs> is somebody who is really, really, really good at their job, and they're just a destroyer within the company. Yeah. And 100% of the time, when you have a brilliant jerk in your company, there's a huge values mismatch between that really talented individual and what's important for making your company work. And they cause more problems in your company than they ever solve, even though you're scared to get rid of them. Typically, this is a really good salesperson. Now, it doesn't mean that there's no place they can go where there's a good fit. There are plenty of companies where, you know, being a jerk is part of the process. That's one of their values. Everyone here is a jerk. Yeah. Or, or, we, or, we, or we accept jerks gladly. So that's where they should go. Um, but if you say my value is personal responsibility and that brilliant jerk is great at bringing in new business, but when something goes wrong, they always yell at somebody or they blame somebody else all the time, they shouldn't be in your company and you need to weed them out. And I think that is so important to have that. And by having clarity about the values that are fundamental, make that decision process easier. And like you were saying, even the hiring that can prevent many of that to happen. And I will argue that even sometimes we can have clients that are the, the that they have that uh, that are great clients in the sense that the, they sign the check and it's a good check. 
great and we need that income. But if they are draining the energy of the organization, maybe there is something there to think about. Absolutely. That's, that's you know, um, if you have a customer, I mean, one of my core values is rights and respect, which means I, I will respect you as a human being. I expect you to respect me as a human being. I extend that everybody in my company. If you disrespect somebody in my company and you yell at them, you will no longer be working with my company very rapidly, like immediately. Yep. It's just, I will not tolerate that. Uh, you know, I ask people a lot of times, what's more important, your your team members or your customers? And the answer 80, 90% of the time is customers. I would argue that. I think that it's your team members because your team members are only going to treat your customers as well as you treat them. And that's where rights and respect fits in with my, as a core value for me, that if I don't respect the people that work with me and treat them with respect, there is no way they're going to return the favor to my customers. Love it. Love it. So I love this conversation. And I think if somebody, uh, if the uh, listening to this is the, the, the values that work on values start, even in the MVV is the last one, but I think it's the place to start with the values and from there building the mission and the vision. Uh, but I think anybody individually or in adding any organization should have clarity about their values. And I will make sure that I put all the links uh, of the resources that we spoke about on the show notes. And where can people, besides going uh, to, uh, to buy your books that are excellent, where can people learn about you and your work? Um, if you go to www.sustainablebusiness.co, that's where um, all my information is. And uh, if you want to contact me, just write to jpatrick at sustainablebusiness.co. And I do respond to emails pretty quickly. And I always love to have conversations about this stuff. Love it. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Anna. This was really fun. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. And if you want to get a free chapter of my book, Mindset Zone, please go to mindset.zone forward slash book. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.